0: This is Episode 19.
1: You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd.
0: All right, in this episode, we travel to San Luis Obispo County, home to the Diablo Canyon Nuclear Power Plant. It's where Cal OES and other local, state, and federal agencies participated in a radiological training exercise just recently. The Federal Emergency Management Agency holds this type of exercise about every two years or so and evaluates participants' effectiveness. The exercises assist in the development of emergency response plans to really ensure that the health and safety of the public is protected in the event of some kind of radiological incident. Now, this episode leans a little bit toward the PIO world, but it'll benefit you even if you're not dealing with the media on a regular basis. Public Information Officer Rob Mayberry has all that and more with Ron also right now.
2: I'm Rob Mayberry. I'm here with Ron Alsop, he's an emergency services manager for the San Luis Obispo County Office of Emergency Services. And I'm in this area, in the SLO County area, the San Luis Obispo County area, um, attending an exercise, a radiological exercise for the, in case an incident at Diablo Canyon were ever to occur. Uh, this is my first time uh, attending this exercise. Uh, but Ron has been through uh, numerous exercises. Uh, how many years have you been uh, here, Ron?
1: Uh, I've been with San Luis County Alliance for twenty-six years.
2: And how many exercises have you been through?
1: Uh, hard to count. We also have um, smaller drills that occur uh, time, for example, one uh, uh, of drill for drills uh, are if somebody gets contaminated with radiation, uh, have they transported to the hospital have to treated? Another exercise we do is opening up uh, what's called an evacuation decontamination uh, center for people that would need to be evacuated. So these drills are all done at times. So it's like almost like a
2: And I guess the first question that comes to mind is Have you ever failed?
1: Unfortunately, in my time here in the past 26 years, we have not as relatively well, but we continue to do so and working with with our partners, not only here locally in the county in operation, but with state agencies and federal agencies and all this us working together to hopefully keep that track
2: record. Well, and like I said, this is the first time I've participated in an exercise of this nature. uh, I've, I've gone to earthquake exercises, uh, tsunami exercises, uh, various uh, different kind of incidents that affect uh, other counties around the state, but um, this is something that's kind of unique to San Luis Obispo. You have Diablo Canyon. I think it is the last uh, operating nuclear power plant in California. Um, so uh, you know, being prepared for this is, is very different for me, but... It also is is a unique challenge, I believe, for your county. I mean, this is a pristine area, very beautiful. I think part of the reason that makes it so beautiful is it's uh, kind of limited access. You don't have an international airport here. Um, It's a little more difficult to get to the area. Um, But you have, uh, again, some unique challenges. You have the university here with uh, many students. Uh, You get a lot of tourists. What are the challenges that you face if an incident uh, were to happen of this nature?
1: Well, know, back up a little bit to the demographics, uh, you mentioned the, the, the university here, Cal Poly State University, and whatever uh, yeah, it is, a, we do have a lot of service. Now. So one of our challenges is you know, making sure that, that people know we have an equipment. So we have an ongoing education program year-round, for example, of school starting, we record this, a school year starting, so we advertise in the, in the Cal Poly University newspaper. the first aspect of it is um, educating people on an ongoing basis that yes, there is a nuclear power here. As far as the response challenges that we have, the, the public information is a key aspect of this. And uh, we discussed earlier that we failed to do drills. Also use um, social media now to get the word out. Um, so we have a number of ways to get it out. Uh, uh, NOAA um, all Hazard's uh, weather radio. I mean, we can use that system to broadcast emergency alert system messages. So when we do have an emergency and during drills, we have to practice this. As a number of ways to get the word out. So our concern is you when know, these drills is we have emergencies to make sure.
2: I, you mentioned something I think, I think for many of our public information officers that are out there, um, possibly listening uh, that's one of the huge challenges. How do we get the information to the public and um, and again this is, this is a unique challenge for your area. What would you say is the most successful way or method that you've used or discovered that works in getting the message out to your, your population here: I' uh,
1: here in lately. It didn't join the but we would use it, because that gets a pretty good universal notification. Uh, but there's no earlier there social media and otherwise. And um, what we found is we had an actual um, incident in June, Really, the hardest part is rumor control because in our society today, word gets out so fast. And people calling me if something happens and it calls somebody else. So, our, our challenge isn't so much of a concern is how will we notify people, is how will we keep the rumors controlled. And ironically, during that June 2010 period, um, we had real rumors um, that, we've, that we've made practice rumors during our exercises. So we have really the exercises. Part of that, we have a, phone well, assistance center. People take calls for um, those like of my going on and so on. So during the drills, you know, we simulate uh, our simulation cells the cell, sim they and they'll inject to the phone uh, center if they are hearing this type of rumor. when well, we had the real event in June 2002. It was just bingo, dead on to the drill. With the real rumors we were hearing and the way information was spreading was uh, our challenge was not so much getting the word out but staying on top of all the rumors.
2: So, in addition to uh, wireless emergency alerts, um, I'm assuming you also do reverse 911 uh, callbacks. And how do you do that? How do people sign up for that?
1: We do. We have uh, reverse 911. We still use the vendor that had that name, so that is uppercase R reverse 911 system. And uh, uh, that, for the old-fashioned copper man lines, people are automatically in the system. For the cell phones, um, we encourage people to sign up through. Uh, we do uh, public service announcements. We give talks. We do it occasionally put it out on our social media. Um, it's on our website. It's on our Facebook. It's on the Sheriff's site. Um, so we actually encourage people to sign up for Reverse 911 just as we do encourage them to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, for
2: Very good. I do want to step back here to what you mentioned about the incident that occurred in June 2010. Um, you obviously had done exercises and you prepared for any kind of incident. When that incident happened, what did you learn, or what were some of the takeaways after that incident that you, you improved on or, or changed?
1: Actually, the June 2010 incident uh, really um, it, it basically validated what we have been doing in our exercises and the plans. Um, so we had some automatic actions we'll be taking to close down. Uh, one of the state parks, locally, it's, it's, a, it's an isolated park, taking a long time to evacuate people, so at this alert level, we automatically close that down. That was done right away. Um, as I noted earlier, you know, getting out information to the public um, was not so much a challenge as the public finding out quickly that there was an alert and us monitoring uh, the information. So one of the things that we did besides validating it, really, as we have been doing this right all these years, is that uh, the kids put back into the door um, We had people texting friends that um, an area of Los community in our county, had been evacuated. And I know that's so because my husband, so one of, the, one of the challenges that we uh, um, that we had with that was, indeed, tracking the rumor control. And what we, how we've uh, strengthened our response center is now we actually have somebody in our Joint Information Center that's monitoring social media as well as monitoring the traditional media, as we've always done, as, as we all do. We're, we're um, but we also have somebody in there monitoring Twitter, monitoring Facebook, and looking for these type of um, we also um, have our phone assistance center you know, where, people, where, where people would set up for people to call in if they need assistance evacuating or something. When they call in, if they're starting to hear questions like, you know, I heard there's, we some pretty wild things, you know, I heard there's some dead fish in the, in the, in the oceans, I mean, the radiation supplies, then, you know, we counter that information. So so what we did with this 2000, what happened June 2010, it again just basically validated what we were doing, one, and two, it caused us to strengthen our Other
2: hand at one point. What other uh, disasters or threats occur here in, in San Luis Obispo that uh, you've dealt with in your past 26 years? and What's been some that stood out the most?
1: Uh, well, like the many other counties in California, our two uh, highest threats are wildland fires and earthquakes. You know, obviously, we don't have earthquakes all the time, but they do happen. Uh, they cause considerable damage, as we all know. In case in point here. That um, a bit of a lesser threat to us are tsunamis. We have our coastline bases, but it is a threat to us, particularly if, uh, if there were larger earthquake and pollutions. Cascadia production zone where our coast bases are a big threat to us as if it is some other areas. So our two key challenges are, again, like many other areas, um, wildland fire and, um, and earthquakes and um, uh, But uh, it's ironic that we spend most of our time in planning for a nuclear power, power plant, which is extremely unlikely to we've never seen that. So a vast majority of our efforts, uh, and, uh, and, even, and even in our resources, a vast majority of the people were full-time, So that, given, unfortunately, gives a little bit less time to concentrate on probably higher threats of the wildland fires and earthquakes. But fortunately, with the nuclear power plant planning, um, when we do those large-scale exercises like we're on here today with all of us together, um, that also pays off on those other efforts. Remember, for example, uh, when we did have the tsunami morning uh, with the Japanese earthquake in 2011, I looked around our emergency operations center about four in the morning, which is asking people to participate Having a nuclear power plant here does help us um, be prepared for these other events. And the fact that we're forced by federal regulations to have evaluated exercises, full scale evaluated exercises every two years certainly helps us be prepared
2: for all of the events as well. Well, and there was there's one disaster that I, I don't think you or you felt to mention, and that would be a very bad uh, grape year, you know, that would, would not produce very good wine. So. Well, oh.
1: yes, i <laughs> that yes, wine industry locally, so.
2: The drought. Okay. <laughs> the, drought. <laughs> the drought. Exactly. No, no breaks and, hey, yeah. <laughs> well, in all seriousness, though, but uh, I, as I've sat here in uh, the last couple of days and watched the exercises and watched your staff, yourself, and uh, the staff here in San Luis Obispo County perform, um, I've been uh, thoroughly amazed. It's
1: great. I'm glad you are. And, um, as you can see. Uh, I mean, this is taken very seriously, even though what we're doing today is getting ready for a federally evaluated exercise. In November. FEMA is here. They're looking at us and us pointers, and you know, our Joint Information Center yesterday, we had a FEMA evaluator in Boston. Um, so this is a big deal for us, and, um, and the silver lining for us, is, as I noted earlier, is that it does help us prepare for events as well, which just on It is the so, quite involved, and we appreciate you being here too, Too, so we certainly appreciate that. And that, that. That gives
2: us more motivation to, to drill together and keep learning best with Well, let's hope that Denver comes to that. But uh, and, and finally, uh, Ron, you've been, again, 26 years. Uh, uh, as a, a PIO, I always like to ask you know, what word of advice would you give another PIO uh, in your career that w- might help them? Um, I
1: think one of the biggest uh, pieces of advice I give, especially. things transparency and once you get the trust of, uh, especially your, your
2: local media folks then so again this kind of uh, disaster uh, a radiological disaster is, is somewhat different um, it also uh, involves uh, utilities like pg and E. i am just curious um, what is it like working with a company organization like PG&E um, do you find them easy to work with in, in dealing in these kind of situations, um, or is it difficult?
1: I wouldn't say easy is the right term when working in this case with the, the utility with in this case, but um, it's not difficult either. And we're fortunate to have a good cooperative working relationship with the news department and their emergency planning and preparedness. You we know, have quality interviews every year on that type of aspect. Um, but when it comes right down to it, and you know, we're activated both for an actual event we're in the Joint Information Center. This is on the joint there. Um, and in our particular case, the off-site organizations, we public agencies, we're the lead. We're the, we're the lead response. So we're basically the master responder. Um, so we do work cooperatively with pg and work cooperatively with us. But when push comes to shove, if we have to stand up and say something that needs to be said, then we do. It. So, but uh, in simple terms, working with them is uh, is good this aspect in sharing the information and we do um, as you saw in our joint information center your participation in the drill, we actually get together ahead of time before we do these briefings and even on a day-to-day basis we keep with each other so I would say it's a successful venture and it's probably like midway between the extremes of easy and difficult
2: well thank you Ron I really appreciate you taking the time um, away from the exercise today just to uh, give us a brief uh, some brief information about San Luis Obispo County and uh, this, this exercise that you're currently going through. Um, again, this, that was Ron Alsop. He's the Emergency Services Manager with San Luis Obispo County Office of Emergency Services. And this has been Rob Mayberry, OESnews.com.
0: Nice job, Rob. So we're happy to report the exercise went very well for all involved. The Cal OES Office of Public Information performed admirably according to one of the coordinators. And as usual, thanks for listening. We hope you'll subscribe, click on the button to head over to iTunes. That way you'll make sure you get all of the upcoming episodes. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sean Boyd at Cal OES headquarters in Mather, California. Take care and be safe.
1: You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links and give us a social shout out. Tell others
2: about us on Twitter and Facebook and let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.